Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the podcast, Impossible Until Possible. Today I have my good friend and aspiring entrepreneur, Terry Blackburn, with me. And um, first and foremost, thanks for coming on, Terry. Thank you for inviting us and thanks for having us, mate. Good to see you. <laughs> so Terry, as you can probably understand, is a local Geordie. And, um, can you tell? Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> definitely got a stronger accent than me. Um <laughs> But um, we've known each other for quite some time now and we sort of bounce in similar sort of fields and circles and I feel like we have very similar mindsets and very similar sort of drives and um, we're always kind of working on ourselves and wanting to be better and build bigger businesses, um, which you've done as well. So predominantly you've done it in the HMO space. Um, I want to dive a bit into that today and also we'll dive into your current really successful business in in the insurance space in the mortgage game which interlinks quite nicely with property um but where did it kind of all start for you in terms of the property side of things um i've always done pretty well financially since i was about 19 in sales so i was a builder straight from school hated it absolutely hated it i can't hang pictures them pictures that you see wherever them I didn't even hang them. I can't hang pictures. So I hated being a builder. Um, I got into sales at 19, really done really well, straight off the bat, really. I can speak to people, sort of make good money. So because I had disposable income at an early age, spent it and recklessly at the start. But then you start to think, you know, I've got this money. I don't want to ruin it. I didn't have money growing up. I said, how much I need to do something with it. Um, property always appealed to us. So I just thought, you know, I'm going to just try me luck with, with property. No education, never read books or anything at the start. So I made loads and loads of mistakes at the start, to be honest. Um, my first three that ever bought, I bought cash. So 14 grand, 16 grand and 17 and a half grand. They were the purchase prices. So that gives you an idea of the quality in the area of these the, these houses. All in a place called Easing and Colliery. Oh, I was um, born in Easing. Wow, I did not think that. I thought you were posher than that. <laughs> um, but yes, I bought these three and like really, really quickly, if you want a st- funny story. Um, so the first three, Adam Cash, obviously no mortgages. I was making about 360 net per one. Um, you know, a few of them, three of them clicking along. I was thinking this is great. But then in the space of six months, I had somebody stabbed in one of them. I had uh, one of them raided from the police. Windows smashed, boiler pinched. Uh, it was just a disaster. Um, so yeah, I learned quite quickly that that was the wrong strategy. Um, but that, that's how it kind of started. And then I went into you know battleettes of about 100, 80 to 120 that evolved into HMOs, that evolved into service accommodation. Now it's the bigger stuff that I'm doing now. So that's kind of how it kind of all started. It was just, in my, in my view, it's the best place to put your money, isn't it, properly for, for sure. Yeah, I think so. I mean, obviously, it gives you that recurring revenue, kind of, uh, without having to do too much effort sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, um, sometimes yeah, it's not really passive, as people say, is it? Really? Yeah, but um, it is. It is definitely something that you can manufacture in a way to help suit your lifestyle and what you want from it, and you can design the business how you see fit. I think, you know, whilst we're both in property, your business will be totally different to mine, and mm-hmm. we're ultimately using the same asset class to, to to cash flow our lives and, and our businesses. So I think that's one of the, the great things with property. Um, why did you go, do you still have those three properties, by the way? 
Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so, so when I had, I didn't even tell you the worst part of it actually. So the three, the third one actually, when they got broken into and all this stuff happened. Um, sorry, I, I thought it was the fourth one. So the fourth one, as this was going on, I was thinking it was great. Fourth one, I bought blind at auction. Um, got there, the whole street was boarded up apart from the one I've just bought. There was a horse in the back garden and all this. And I was like, what have I done? So it was at that point I thought, all right, let's get rid of these and let's buy proper ones. So I sold them all at auction, hoping someone was as stupid as me to buy shit <laughs> properties like that. Actually worked. I put them in a London auction at Barnard Marcus. Um, that was my strategy thinking that someone in London will just snap these up. So I, I literally broke even on the on the four. Um but yeah, no, I don't have them to answer your question. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God. I learned from my mistakes. So what um so what was the switch from buying shite properties mm. and headaches to going into kind of the HMO stuff that you've you've really pushed quite hard over the last few years and then built yourself quite a nice portfolio with? Yeah, yeah, it was the first HMO was it was by chance. It was a three bed, two reception room in Gosfath, and I thought um, just reading up online. I can't remember what it was. It was maybe it was a podcast, a book or something I was watching at the time of re- just about a refurb it. And it, I just thought, why don't I just make one of those reception rooms into the fourth bedroom and give this HMO game, you know, a bit of a try. Um, it's not a particularly a huge demand. It's not, you know, student central Gosfath for the people mm-hmm. that know. It's not an obvious choice for a HMO area. Um, just outside Article 4. Um, so, yeah, anyway, so, so give it a go. And all of a sudden, I was making a grand net per on that one property, opposed to 300-odd on a buy to let So I was like, oh, my God, so let's try this again. Done another one exactly the same. Filled it really quickly. And I thought, you know, it's like buying three, three buy lets in one. Why would I faff around doing three lots of mortgages, three lots of conveyance and, three lo- and all that that comes with it? So just just from that kind of grabbed me attention and and you know people say it's not about money you know a big part of it is about money let's just be honest about it um, you know if if you made a ten up a property no one would be in property so so yeah so the HMOs kind of just just went from there really and, and yeah and loved it yeah no and you've had um, I mean I've been watching from the sidelines you've had an incredible journey on that front and um, obviously continue to push you've you've you've, you've very much got that model sussed probably a bit like my SA model and you just know how to just get into one, take the action, refurb it, refinance it, do it again and again and again and again. Um, will you continue doing that, do you see, next 12, 24 months? Um, yeah, me, me personally with property, I don't like to put myself in a box in terms of I just do this strategy, I just do that. I feel like it's important to be diverse with it. It's important to have multiple strategies on the go. Um so yeah, I'll continue with Bytelets, I'll continue with HMOs, I'll continue with SA. I've just secured a site on Friday for Glamping Pods, which has got a restaurant and, and apartments on it as well with right. planning. Um, I'm looking at a site in Oxford. So I'm just looking at everything because yeah. I like to keep myself entertained and I like to keep like it fresh and like you want that excitement. I lost that with Bytelets. Mm. And I think I think I've heard you say a similar thing when you when you kind of got something cracked, it, I don't even view the properties no more. I don't even get involved in the reverb, picking anything. Whereas in, at the start, you're like picking the kitchen and picking the paint and being on site and you're dead excited. You kind of lose that, I feel, if you do the same thing. It gets a bit mundane and a bit like same old, same old, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, I want to continue doing loads of different strategies. And if I like the property and the numbers stack, then I'll do it. Yeah. 
Yeah, no, you you make a valid point. I think um, I certainly don't go on viewings anymore, and that's not because I'm bigger or better than viewings. I just know that my time is better spent not on viewings. And um, as you say, I think as you probably get past that on ten or fifteen units, you start to think this this is the excitement disappears a bit there, and then it's a case of right, how do I scale this as a business as opposed to my property side hustle that I was you know excited about at the beginning. Um, and I think if you are still going on viewings and you've got tens of units, then you're probably not doing yourself, you know, any justice and you should probably start putting teams around it to get involved with the refurbs. I was the same with the essays. It was like, let's have a different color wall here and different color cushions and all this. Mm. Whereas now it's just like, just get it open as quick as you possibly can and make sure it looks nice, you know, and because <laughs> yeah. they all work, but I guess you've got to go through that experience of, seeing it play out and seeing the cash coming in. It's all well and good someone saying, if you dress it blue and yellow, it'll work. If you put grey carpet in, but until you actually do it and then see your rooms get filled really quickly, then you don't believe it, right? And then, but once you do, you're like, right, let's just do that again and let's just do that again. And, um, you know, and then ultimately it builds. I mean, um, I think the natural progression, which is kind of where you're coming on to as well, and I know you've, you know, um, been discussing a few deals and uh, is development. So, I mean, I, I kind of dipped my toe in the development water early this year and, um, you know, realized it's probably not as <laughs> easy as most people think. Um, and it's definitely a long, long term strategy for me, um, which is, you know, I think it, it's good in a way, but I think you've got to get to that certain point before you decide to jump into that. And I think cash flows, you know, really, really quick. But then what you mentioned there about being diverse and having loads of different things. Um, coming into play is is really powerful. So that being said, what I want to touch on um, is, you know, this podcast is all about what I call the trifecta game, which is having your health and your fitness, your mindset, your life in terms of your balance with your friends, your family, and your business all in play. So how do you kind of tackle that in terms of, you know, Terry Blackburn as he is today versus maybe where he was, you know, several years ago? I mean, I think I think Grant Cardone says this, and and it really st- struck a chord with me when I heard it. I think it was on his uh, on 10x or one of his bits of content. He said, "It's not either or; it's everything." And what I mean by that is, it's not like you can't. Some people think you can't be really successful and wealthy and have a fantastic business as well as go to the gym. They say, "Oh well, I don't have time for that." Or they'll say things like, um, "Oh well, I've got two kids." You know, I can't go to the gym and keep fit and run businesses. I've got kids. That's that's bullshit. It's not either or. You can't you can't have everything. So I just look at my life like that. I can have everything. I can be. I can run multiple businesses, which I do. There's over a hundred staff across all my companies. Mm. Building a portfolio really well. I've done 13 units this year. I'm going to go for 20 units next year. I train four times a week. I've got a family life. I've got a partner. Um. You know, I still read, I still do all these. So I just believe that people have got it wrong. People think you have to sacrifice one to have the other when you can just have it all. That's, I truly believe that. Um, simple concepts like getting up earlier, mm-hmm. saying you have got time, you fucking get up earlier. You know, it's not it's not fucking science, is it? And you make time, you delegate, and you, and you structure yourself. I'm very organised on my diary, mm-hmm. very strict with my time because I value, you mentioned, you, you know, about the viewing thing. I value my time. I still do some viewings if it's a big site or if it's, you know, the vendors there. I think that's sometimes good for you to go because I can negotiate that better. But you've got to be selective with that. If it's with an estate agent and it's just a buy to let, 
is that a good use of your time? Mm-hmm. You know, I don't get drawn into, I hardly go out with my mates on the piss anymore because that's just a waste of my time and then I'm ill for two weeks. So you just be selective. And, and yeah, to go back to your question, I, I just think you can have, and anybody can have everything. But if, if you know, someone said a great line in one of my, um, an insurance broker, as it, one of the young girls got up and we've done like a panel that some of the top advisors in the company and um, she's pretty much a single mum with two kids. She said a fantastic line which really stuck with us. She said, um, some people say because I've got children, that's the reason why she can't do loads of sales. It's because she's got kids. But she said, it's, they're not the reason I can't do that, the reason why I will do that. Yeah. And that's a that's a similar thing, isn't it? It's It's the way you look at it. Changing um, the mindset, isn't it? D- definitely, and, and people just—it's either or mindset. Everybody has it's not that it's everything that you can have. You can be successful and happy and content and fit and wealthy in multiple fields. You, you can do that at the same time because there's definitely people who are more successful and more healthy than me and you probably mm. put together. Yeah, you know, they are out there. So if they can do it, you can do it too. Um, yeah, that, that's the way I look at it. Yeah, no, and there's some great, uh, great one-liners in there as well, which you've shared. I think uh, you know a lot of people look for reasons why they can't do stuff rather than just focusing on the results and going and getting the results. And as you say, I mean, I, I know I'm a big fan of the. I'm actually up at four thirty now, so I'm like, oh, yeah, even, I do five. I don't do more than five. You'll do five for a few years, and then you realise you can squeeze <laughs> a half hour in. It doesn't make that much difference, but. Yeah. Uh, I did try. One of me, my best mate is like, I don't know how he, he runs on like zero fuel. He's like working till 12, back up at four. And he's done this for so many years. And he's like, do four. And I'm just like, I tried this. Yeah. Not for <laughs> me, Each to the road. But yeah. yeah I, 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 so you find your optimum sleep. I think that's that's the main thing. Yeah. Um, I do go to bed earlier now, but then I sleep better. So, so it all kind of works. But yeah. I think a lot of people, you know, will use that as a, a reason why not but if you get up and say oh well i work better i'm a night owl and all this sort of rubbish but it say that's like saying i'm fitter at an end of an ultra marathon than i am at the start well it's just not possible right so i think uh, it's proven to to help but a lot of people still resist actually doing it um you know and it just comes back to the reasons and results you know it's either you want results without you know creating the reasons because if you create the reasons you're not going to get to the results and um so so important now you have um had a lot of you've got an amazing podcast as well and you've had a lot of really good guests on i was looking at your your post the other day um do you want to share just you know some of the people you've come across and some of the sort of similarities in in their business you know the way they go about Mm -hmm. things where they handle themselves yeah i mean uh, i could go on for quite a bit because they've, they've been very different i've had fitness people on i've had business owners and property people on um common trends across them all a lot of them have had mentors throughout the career multiple mentors which i find some people are still i know you mentor people you know i get asked a lot I'm, i don't think i'm going to do it yet i might do it eventually just for time reasons but a lot of a lot of these highly successful you're talking multi multi-millionaires tens hundreds of millions billionaire on there i've had mentors throughout the career multiple ones some people are still hung up on they don't want to spend money on a mentor when like people who are a hell of a lot more successful than us and them have had mentors. And I think that speaks volumes in itself, doesn't it? Yeah. Not, you know, it's an investment, not a cost. Yeah. And they look at it the wrong way. 
you know, staple things like hard work. They all work hard. There's no escape in that at any level. Um, and yeah, just the mindset of them all is very forward thinking, always pushing on, never being content, self-development. Exercise came through pretty much everybody. Um, everybody keeps fit in some form or another. Um yeah, it, it's it. To be honest, doing the podcast has inspired me more than I've done that just to try and help other other people and inspire other people. Because I personally like listening to podcasts. I like yours. I like loads of them out there. Um, but yeah, actually doing it has inspired me loads. The contacts I've started the JV with somebody from the show, um, which I'm really excited about. And it just the feedback I've I've had is fantastic, and it's it's really really just pushed me on. I feel as well. Um, so yeah, I just find it really interesting. It's like networking on steroids, isn't it? Because like it just really is, and you mix them with these people. The person you can interview, and then you get asked them the questions you want to ask. But yeah, uh, exactly. yeah it is. Uh, now I was looking at your lineup. I mean, you've had some some really big big people on there in, as you say, all the different spaces. Um, I know you know I, I, over the same this year. It, it made me think about who I'd add on um, across the you know the, the year, and um, again. Looking back, some you know really high level business people, mainly property focused. Um, the podcast for next year is going to be more all round, but you know this year was was very much property focused. But um, as you say, you know they, they all work with people, they all invest in themselves, and I think that's that's one of the biggest takeaways that I think I, I discovered several years ago was the minute I started investing in myself and stopped thinking, oh that's a cost, so I'm not going to do that. But I also started, mm. you know. Um, taking that into my businesses as well. So rather than looking at a staff member as a cost, I'm like, right, well, what's the ROI I'm going to get by putting them in play? And by focusing that way, um, I mean, I've just sent out five contracts this week for five new starters in January, you know? So that's another lump of cost, in inverted comments, on the on the um, the wage bill. But I don't see it like that. I look at them and say, right, for that investment, I'm going to get that as a return if they all hit the targets. It's then up to me and the senior managers within the business to make sure that they hit those targets. And if they don't, we swap them out and we get someone that can because it's not that that role won't produce those results. It's just a case of, you know, maybe there's a lack of training or there's, you know, um, not the right people. But if you haven't got the people there, you cannot scale. And I think that's one of the biggest, you know, reasons why most businesses in our property, you know, game don't scale is because they won't invest in people. You know, I know you're you're the same. You you know, you've got a hundred odd staff in your insurance business. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't have the size of your business if it was just you doing it. I mean, yeah. It's, sorry, I think my Wi-Fi is playing up. So apologies if if I'll cut off there. Um, but you're right. A really simple way of looking at staff for me is if a staff member costs you two grand per month, but they bring in three grand per month, how many staff would you take on? Everybody would. Is that possibly could? Well, just treat your staff like that. They might not physically bring in three grand if they cost you two grand, but they might bring in time or they might bring in skills or cover certain areas that frees you up to make that extra. Oh, I think we've lost you. It does your Wi Fi. I'm sorry. But yeah, I'm, are you there? You're back. Yeah, I think I'm back. Sorry. And you, pay you, your bills. Bills. you can pay your bills, you get you get Wi-Fi. 
<laughs> hey, I've moved the chest. I'm not even in the northeast no more. It's just <laughs> Wi-Fi. It's meant to be fancy, I don't yeah, but it's not. So yeah, I was just saying, just just look at your staff if they're bringing in either more value or more money than what they cost you as a business, then you can take on as many as you need. As long as it's calculated, you forecast, you do your P&L and, and you take um, calculated risks, then then don't look, they're not a cost. They're not a cost and everybody thinks of it the wrong way. They have like the scarcity mindset of, oh, but if I take on this person or if I take on this bit of software, this CRM, that's going to mm. be focus on the wrong thing. They thought, oh, that's X amount per month. Yeah, but what does that add or give you back in time or give you back in the ability to earn more yourself? Or what does that staff member actually bring in? Incentivize them. I hope he's lost you again, buddy. You there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck me. Sorry, <laughs> it was just going on and off my Wi Fi. Sorry, I'm hoping that people find this podcast entertaining enough that they'll stick through the, the gaps. Yeah, <laughs> they'll be like, I need to hear what he's going to say next. <laughs> Sorry, but it's never done this. <laughs> yeah, I think you know, we are one thing that I do pick up on with yourself is obviously mm. you know you are you're younger than me uh for sure and you're younger than most successful business people but you you have a very developed business mind you know you you, you talk there about you know your balance sheets your p&ls and stuff like that that's that's stuff that most business owners you know don't learn until quite well into their careers so is that something you worked on or is it just something that you kind of developed as you went through your business career and kind of picked up the experience mm. as you went along I definitely had to work on it. I must admit, I've coming from a sales background, being I've been self-employed since I was 19 and I set up my first proper business. I was working for someone else self-employed until 24. Um, but a good first couple the first couple of years of business, didn't know what PL was. All I focused on was the top line, mm-hmm. bringing as many sales as possible to make as much money as possible, not worrying about anything else. And that always done as well, it done as good because I was successful at it. I can sell. Um, that always did really well. That, but but there comes a point where you're turning over millions, where you need to actually look at what's going out as well as what's coming in. Um, and it was hard to get my head around. But then, once you realise sales is a numbers game, the more people you speak to, the more the more hands you shake, the more money you make, and, and the more people you speak to, the more money you make. It's as simple as that. Property's the same. The more you view, the more you're gonna get accepted. Yeah, it's all a numbers game, and you have to just embrace numbers. If you don't, you've got a, probably a ceiling. You're not going to get, in my opinion, to the highest highs if you don't embrace numbers or recruit someone who's shit hot at numbers. That's yeah. your only two options, really. So it was a, a, a hard learning curve. And I don't, you know, I don't think I'm like amazing at numbers, but I know me PL, I know my numbers. And and I'm a big believer in just simplifying stuff. I think property strategies is complicated because there is so many. Business is complicated because there's so many different structures. But really, if you just drill it down to the really, I'm quite a simple dude, mate. I quite just like simplicity and and just forget about all the bullshit and all the noise that's going on and just simplify it. And that's what PL is. How much is coming in? How much is going out? Right. Well, if I bring in this much, I know that's the max I can pay out. Yeah. 
and it's as simple as that. Don't get confused about all this fluff and all this noise and all these mad strategies and shit that people talk online. It's just nice and simple. That, that's the way I look at everything these days. Um, yeah. I think that's been key to, to what I've done. Yeah, I think you focus on making the money at the beginning, but then you start switching that to like, how do I keep the money? You know, and you know, I spent a long time in the accountants and tax specialists and things like that. And you know, I think again, we talk about that ROI. You know, I'm willing to invest in them because I know I'll get a return on it. You know, in different ways. But um, mm-hmm. no, it's it, it, it's it's interesting. You know, when I when I speak to people like yourself, because you know, it doesn't. You don't always have to have years and years and years of experience. You know, I've done what I've done in the last three years, really. You know, I haven't I've done this for the last twenty years, and um, I think a lot of people think that you've got to be really experienced and put a lot of time and effort in. Um, I would say my time and effort is probably 20 years, but condensed into a three-year period because, you know, a bit like yourself, we get the right information, we get around good people, we get the, you know, mentors and the educational gaps filled, and then we take massive action. And I think that is the key to having successful businesses and not only that, but having a successful life because, as you know, there's no point. I was there, you know, working my absolute arse off and had no other real life. I had money coming in, but I had no, I was just like, what's the point in all this, you know? And that one day I blew up and I think it's important to get that balance or you won't stick it out. It'll last for 18 months, something like that maximum, and then you'll just blow up. So, um, so what's um, what's on the cards in the Blackburn household for Christmas? Um, for Christmas, well, I moved to Chester, so I'm like back and forth between Newcastle and Chester, so it's pretty full on. So, like um, Wednesday's my son's birthday on on the 23rd, so I'm back in Newcastle for that. Then back to Chester for Christmas till the 27th, 28th. Back there, um, then flying to Tenerife, meant to be, if COVID doesn't fuck us up. <laughs> or if not, I'll be going to Dubai, so I might see you over there. Um, so, yeah, just, but again, it, it's either all loads of people said to me, you moved to Chester. How are you going to do, how are you going to ma- manage all the businesses? How are you going to still buy properties? How are you going to do this? Three hours traveling. How are you going to do that? But at the end of the day, there's people that fly, people in America work a plane journey away, right? But you just get on with it. You, you deal with the cause that you dealt and crack on when I'm in the car for three hours I make loads of phone calls. I'm productive. It's yeah. an office on wheels because I'm making all my calls that I wouldn't need to make in the office anyway. Um, and you just make it work. You delegate more. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm going to enjoy Christmas. I can't ever really turn off. So I'm not going to say I'm having loads of time off because I don't fully ever turn off. I don't, I don't think um, I'm going to try. You're not, it's because you're not turning off to a job. What you're, what you're doing, you're like, you love, you're passionate about it. You know, I say quite often, my businesses are like my third child. You know, you, you just, you love them. It's part of you. Yeah. And you don't get up each day and go, oh, I've got to go to work today. You just get up and you're like, right, let's let's get on with this. You know, yeah. what can I do here? What can I create today? And, you know, as creators, which ultimately entrepreneurs are, you just want to be always looking at, like, what can I do? How can I, you know, get more out of something? How can I get more out of myself? And, you know, and I think... That, that is why, you know, you and I are very much just on the go all the time, but it's not like we're working, you know, and I think that's that's one of the fundamental things that, and if you're not, I think if you do get up and you feel like, oh, I've got to go to work today, then that is a big, big, big red flag for 
you need to get the fuck out and change what you're doing because whatever you are doing, you obviously don't enjoy. So get out and do something you do enjoy, even if it is paying you six-figure salaries. You know, get out and find something you do enjoy, and you'll probably end up earning more because you'll enjoy it and you'll find ways to do it. So um, on that, on that, like people talk about burnout and. You probably have people say it to you. I've had people say it to me, you're not going to burn out. You're not doing too much. Slow down and all that nonsense. I truly believe that you don't burn out if you're doing something you really, really enjoy. And when you can you can determine when you work. And I think it's being self-aware is an important point here because yeah. sometimes you need just to go for a walk. Sometimes you need to go to bed early. Sometimes you need to eat a little bit better. Sometimes you really need to knuckle down and do some more work. Sometimes a certain part of your business needs more attention than, than another one. If your staff are wobbling or you need to look after them, you need a night out, they need, you know, half a day, you know, just being self-aware about yourself, but also about your business and the people in your business. I think that prevents you from burnout. And I don't, I've never felt burnout personally. I felt very, very tired, but a full-on breakdown burnout, which people go through in business. I've, I haven't even been close. Yeah. Because... I love what I do, and and you've got to be self-aware. I think is an important point on, on what you mentioned there for sure. Yeah, um, I, I've had. I wouldn't say it was burnout um, in the truest sense, but I was trying to run twenty-one units, service accommodation units, by myself at the start. I acquired them very quickly, so didn't really have time or the knowledge to put the systems and processes in place to make it work, and I ended up cracking my head on the corner of a van door, splitting it open, drove myself to the RBI. And while I was in hospital, they were like, you do realize like you're, all your levels are down and you know you, you, you yeah. need a lot of rest and blah, blah, blah. And that was kind of the warning sign for me that I need to get help here if I'm going to build this business. As I sat on my bed, I was like, I think I might just sell this or I'll just give it away. I'll just wind it up. But then I was like, well, it's a really good thing. So I can just maybe invest in my knowledge to get it better. So I did. I went and invested in systems and processes mm-hmm. and how to understand them. And then ultimately that led me to a path of um, you need people around you. You need a support network. You've got to invest in people. And that then changed the game for me and obviously kicked on from there. And as you say, never really felt massive stress levels or anything since. Obviously you go up and down slightly, but not to the point yeah. that shit, I'm going to explode and life's going to end tomorrow. Um, but... I think you're always going to battle with that type of thing with, as an entrepreneur. Yeah. But I should say, if you've got that awareness, you to, self-aware enough, exactly. Yeah, you know, I actually just need to check out and go for a walk for an hour without my phone. I'm not gonna. I, I want no world to contact me, and that for me is why I enjoy the morning because no one's on email, no one's on your mobile phone, your kids aren't running around. It's just you and your two or three hours to do whatever you want. Which for me is production, self-care, meditation. And, you know, just kind of looking after myself. And then when the kids do wake up and come down, I know I've done a decent day's graft already. Like I could stop there and that would be me still move forward and expanded for that day, even if I didn't do anything else for the day. And that's, mm-hmm. that's I think, where we are getting ahead of the majority of the people that are trying to compete because they're scratching their asses at 9 a.m., you know, and then starting their day, whereas we're like, that's like lunchtime. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've seen it in like, in like a sales environment. Like I come in the office normally about eight o'clock, nine o'clock because I'm, I'm doing all my stuff from five. It, it is a good two, three hour morning routine. I've got like writing and, med- and all this. But when I get to the office, like, I'm full of energy, full of beans. 
And people like take two coffees to warm up <laughs> or three coffees to warm up. And then before they know it, it's lunchtime. They have the lunch, they go in a food coma. And then it takes an hour to pull themselves out of that. And like I'm thinking, you just the amount of time that you're wasting just just by having no structure and not getting up early enough, you're right. Like it literally takes people till 11 o'clock to get where we are at seven. Yeah. Think about that compounded over the space of a year, five years. I mean, that's we're literally getting years and years on people who aren't doing this morning routine stuff, aren't we? Oh, you're getting a, probably an extra 100 hours a month, if not more. But it's mm-hmm. also, you know, there's a big difference between focused activity when your mind is as, at, at its freshest mm-hmm. as opposed to trying to muddle through whilst you're getting distracted with your phones or people in the office are talking or your phone's going, you know, that, 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 that eight-hour window that people go to work for, like, there's probably an hour and a half's worth of productivity in that, really. You know, mm-hmm. you'll see it in your office. You know, you've got 100-odd yeah, staff. Yeah. I've, I've, you know, been in businesses where I ran 130 staff. You know, majority of the time they're sat on Facebook doing nothing, you know, and then they'll, they'll pick the phone up and do a bit when they get a bit of a, come on, time to go. But yeah. that productivity is very low, whereas, you know, I think – you know, your Grand Cardone, you mentioned him before, I got mentored by him in 2020, and um, sorry, 2019. And, you know, he was the one that really got me on the morning routine thing. He's 60-odd-year-old, like, I don't know why he's a billionaire yet, but he cannot be far off. And he is up, you know, I think 4 a.m. I mean, Grant, he lives in Miami, and it's probably quite nice in Miami at 4 a.m. But... Uh, you know, the coffee on your balcony is a bit different in Newcastle, isn't it? Yeah. His routine is what you know. He always, you know, his routine, his morning routine, his gym workouts. You know, I think his PT comes at five, five thirty to go in the gym. The, the, you know, and it's like the same thing day in, day out over time. And uh, you know, I've said it a million times, and you're probably the same. If someone followed me around for three days, they'd be like, "I'm pretty bored now." You've done the same thing for the last three days, pretty much on the hour, every hour. It's like, well, yeah, that, that's that's what the consistency is. That's where it comes from. Definitely. Definitely. But but that but that's what and that's like I was actually speaking to my team about this this morning. We did a goal setting session. We're talking about that, about the consistency, about like how many people set New Year's resolutions to get fitter, stop smoking. By February, they're not in the gym and they're smoking on. <laughs> so, so like, why why is actually is that? I believe it's because they might have wrote the goals down once or this New Year's resolution once on the 1st of Jan or end of December, whatever. They've never wrote it down since. They've never looked at it since. They've never said it out loud as an affirmation. Therefore, when it's not on the forefront of your mind, it's hard to be consistent with it. And if they're not in the swing of it, that motivation to do it's gone by mid-Jan. Yeah. But I think people like us who just regularly just grind it out all of the time. It becomes who part of who you are, your identity, and then if you just keep at it, like your success is inevitable at that point. Um, if you keep, if you keep at it, yeah, and that's such a simple concept, isn't it? Just keep doing something. It's the simplest thing in the world, but people just go and do it. Discipline and consistency is what creates the results, you know. And the, yeah. that that is, you speak to anybody, whether it's people from Navy SEALs, the Marines, anyone, businessmen, you know. Discipline and being consistent in your daily actions is, is what creates results. You know, funny you talk about, I've written my goals down now for the last five years. One of the mentoring sessions we did at one of the masterminds about five months ago, I got out my, funny enough, 10X planners from when I started with, with um, Grant. And um, in there's all my goals. So you write your daily goals down at the top of the sheet. And some of them at the time 
were ludicrous. Like the amount of cash I would earn on a monthly basis, the value of the home that I'd buy for my wife on X date, blah, blah, blah. When I look back, I'd achieved nearly all of them. And like at the time, they were like ridiculous, like like ridiculous goals. And I look back and I, when I was looking back, I was like, Jesus Christ, like I've, I've done that, I've done that, I've done that. And then you're like, and that again, as you said there, that then motivates me to want to keep writing because I think, well, if I write down, they're going to come true. So, I mean, my goals for next year are just like ridiculous, but you know, that that's what I thought right five years ago, three years ago and two years ago. And, you know, even last year looking back and I'm like, cause I've been doing my business plan the last couple of weeks for next year. And you look back at right where we come from, what are the good things that have happened? What are the not so good things? How can we make more revenue? Blah, blah, blah. And you're like, Jesus Christ, I've actually, I've actually done quite a bit in the last 12 months, but it hasn't felt like that. It's just kind of, you know, you're just going, going along, aren't you doing your daily thing? And, uh, and then eventually it becomes something. So, um, listen, I need to pack because I'm going to the airport in an hour and I've done nothing. We could talk all day. Um, thanks again for coming on. How can people get, you know, just interact with you? I know you're doing some great marketing at the minute and, and you're really pushing the personal brand and stuff. So, how can people get, get in touch with you? Best place probably Instagram, just Terry underscore, back, underscore Blackburn underscore property. Um, rags to riches shows on Apple and um, Spotify, but uh, yeah, to reach out and try and reply to pretty much every message um, on Instagram. So yeah, get in touch. Happy to help if I can. Super. Cheers, buddy. Uh, if you just time to reminder, if you have liked the show, please subscribe and share. And again, if you want to get in touch with me, I do personally reply to all comments and emails. So please just ping me a message. Um, this is. Is this the episode before Christmas? No, we'll be doing one on Friday, just before Christmas Eve. Superb. So I'll not wish you all a Merry Christmas just yet. But you have a good Christmas, buddy. And I shall oh, see you know, when I'm back and we'll catch up. Catch up in the new year. Sounds good, mate. Cheers, buddy. Bye. Take care, mate. Bye.